Blog Talk Radio. This is the Back Porch Writer Podcast, the show for writers, about writers, and writing. It's live, fun, and informative. Each week, I chat with writers, editors, and industry pros to give you and me a heads up about this whole new awesome publishing world. Back Porch Writer is about creating the life that you want through writing and publishing. Are you ready to tap submit? Let's explore the possibilities together. Welcome to Back Porch Writer. Welcome to Back Porch Writer, the show for writers, about writers, and writing. I'm your host, Corey Miller, and today is March 2nd, 2017, and it's been a really nice day today. A little, you know, a little windy, but bright, cheery, and apparently by Sunday, we will have temperatures in the 70s. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. As much as I, I, I really love fall, and I was just talking to my husband about this earlier today as we were looking around, seeing all the different projects that are going to be coming up in spring. I really like fall because nothing's growing and we don't have to mow. And <laughs> we have a lot of mowing. And so I'm kind of looking forward to, you know, I look forward to fall when that happens. Um, the other reason I look forward to is because come spring, of course, the bees and the wasps come out. And I'm allergic to those things. So I don't really look forward to spring from that perspective. I love all the stuff growing. I do. I like seeing the flowers and smelling them. And I like pretending that I'm a gardener and, and all that jazz. I actually like working outside and, and doing things despite the unpleasant things of, you know, bees, wasps, and giant, creepy, crawly spiders. Oh, I can't stand them. They're going to start coming out pretty soon. Actually, there was one on our wall just the other day, a small spider on the wall. And my daughter pointed it out to me. She's like, spider. Her eyes got real big. Spider. I'm like, where? She's on the wall. On the wall. Behind you. I look. And it's a tiny, tiny spider. Nothing to be overly concerned about, really, <laughs> considering how large they can get where we live. This was nothing. Of course, it was going to be really big. Had I allowed it to live? No, I didn't let it live. Sorry, I didn't. But had I allowed that thing to live, it would have gotten really large because it was a wolf spider, a baby wolf spider, which I never knew those things even existed until we moved out to the country. Freaking things get huge. Can't stand them. And then there's other giant. So yeah, I just, okay. So spring means spiders, bees, and wasps. That's what it means to me. <laughs> so I do, I do like spring, but I prefer fall. I'm not going to lie. And I love winter as long as we have snow. If it's just cold, what is the point in that? You know, there's no fun. You can't play in anything because there's no snow. So there you have it. That's kind of where I am. I've probably covered this a little bit in the past on other shows because I like to talk about the weather. I hope everything's going well in your neck of the woods. We have a lot of fun stuff going on uh, here because I'm talking with so many different authors that are involved with the Brain to Book Cyber Convention this particular year. It's happening the first weekend in April. And right now, my guest is actually the brain behind Brain to Books Cyber Convention. Angela B. Chrysler is going to come on in just a minute. And we'll talk about that, of course. We'll talk about Brain to Books. But she and I, while we were offline a little bit, you couldn't hear us, we were talking about some other things that were equally interesting. And since this shows living the indie author life, one of the things we're going to talk about is how to kind of bring a little bit more mindfulness into your, your life and, and enhance your well-being. And so that's where we're going to start. So Angela, welcome to Back Porch Writer. Hello, Corey. Thank you very much for having me. I'm glad you're here. And as I just said, I want to start with what we were actually talking about before we came online for the show. And that is the fact that you and I have both walked away from, stepped away from, whether it's temporary or not, a lot of social media 
type mm-hmm. stuff. And yeah. so why don't you start with why you decided to do that? Oh, wow. Um, well, mine was, um, this is a two-year uh, journey for me. Um, 2015, March, I wrote uh, Broken, um, which I think I was on your show last year, and mm-hmm. we talked about Broken. It's my memoir about 30 years of trauma. And that when I was done writing Broken in April 2015, I landed in a mental hospital and the evaluations began. I was in therapy and I walked away with five diagnoses um, for uh, four medications. It was intensive, severe intensive care for uh, for a solid year. Uh, we were able to, my, my condition definitely improved and then it, I stepped back into a different a different look at life after the trauma and the recovery process. And one of the things that really came clear through the therapy was coping with stress and removing it bit by bit from our daily lives. And mm-hmm. it was, it was really, there was so much, I could write a book on all the things that I learned in these last two years. And one of the things that was talked about frequently by my therapist was gaining the perspective of what trauma is, and being identify, being able to identify um, what stress is, what anxiety is, and the impact it has on you long term, mentally and physically. And that turned me on to looking for ways to identify the stress um, and reducing it. It started off with a remove certain shows from your television viewing, which I did kicking and screaming, mind you. (laughs) And then it was, she gave me a challenge to, to remove certain shows from my, from my viewing for about a month. And I very, very begrudgingly did it. But when I came back after that month, I found myself, I, I had sensitized myself to things again, which was very, very insightful. That was, a wake up call for me to realize just how bad things were, how, how adapted to stress I had gotten. And I was talking to Charlene Jones and she had asked me one day, or actually stated very plainly that I don't know how to live calmly. And that, that line really impacted me. Um, It led me to time magazine. It was an article. You can actually get it now. It's on the shelves now called the mindfulness issue. And I picked it up. I bought it right away and read through it. And they talked about this app called Calm. So, and they just talked about all the benefits of mindfulness and awareness, which is actually where my, my therapy began. So I, I got the uh, Calm app and started that. And it, it absolutely changed my life. It, it 100% put things in perspective. Um, it was a identify triggers when they happen, identify stress before it becomes a trigger. It, it mm-hmm. was just very, very mind opening. And then from there, I started yoga. I, I found my way into that. And I am a huge, huge push on if, if meditation is for the mind, yoga does that for the body. It, it was a huge, just amazing life altering experience. And I balanced the yoga and the meditation on a day-to-day basis and over a few months was ma- managed to drop my weight down. From there, I then found Tai Chi. Um, part of the mindfulness meditation was 
looking at the body and the overall health. Well, you've done great for your mind. What can you do now for your stomach, for your diet, for your medical care? And I had always been very mean to my body, almost as a way of it's the victim punishing the body for allowing itself to be so hurt. It's part of the trauma healing. So I decided to make it up for my to my body, and I took it to the doctors, and I started to take care of it again. <laughs> and um, I changed my diet. I changed so much. And while I was at one of my sessions, um, my doctor suggested Tai Chi for arthritis for me. And it was great because, yeah, you know, I'm in New York. So we, we have redefined the New York Minute here. And I walked into Tai Chi for arthritis, the slow art of movement with the mm-hmm. elderly. <laughs> and I walked into the first class and I'm twitching going, this is, this is going to be good for me. I'm, I'm going to learn to slow down. I'm going to learn uh-huh. to distress. And I, I really was skeptical because I'm a New Yorker and we, we have to rush, rush, rush. And I pushed through it. I am now actually today was my last class for a solid year. Um, and then we have a break again and then I go back in April, but between the Tai Chi, the yoga, the meditation, it really just, things became clear. And suddenly stress is something that comes in waves. And when it does, it's not good or bad. It just is. And you just ride the waves as they come and they go. And it was just mind opening. And that's where with the tech, the tech is a huge part of that stress. Um, Marketing, interruption marketing is another huge part of it. Um, there's constant, our eyes and our bodies, our minds are constantly being attacked by messages being received. And I think that's it. I'm going to say that again, because that, that's huge. Our mind, our body, and our eyes, our senses are constantly being attacked by messages. And mm-hmm. we can't really filter those messages anymore. Um, we watch TV and our show is being interrupted for messages to be given. We drive down the road and you start to notice all the messages, the billboards, the advertisements. You go through the store. I notice it with the marketplace. I'll go through um, Walmart and the whole store is designed to give you messages. Mm -hmm. And it's overwhelming. And I learned to shut things down, to tune out the messages and go back to the earth. Uh, focused on gardening, focused on the birds, start to notice what you smell, what you hear, pay more attention to the children in front of you growing up rather than what next sale is happening. It was, I'm going to say it again. It was really mind altering. It was just, and, and it's so much calmer. It's happier. There's a peace that's just settled around the household. It it is a wonderful way to live. It really is. It really, Mm -hmm. really is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, another app, <clears throat> an app that I like to use is called the Bliss app. And I've mentioned mm-hmm. it on the show before. Yeah, um, yep, it's a familiar. great, it's a great app, mm-hmm. the, the Bliss app. And I, I especially like it. I tend to use it for uh, recording three good things and a gratitude yeah. journal. Yep, yep. That helps to refocus um, yeah. your, your mind a lot. It's funny that you mentioned the, the yoga and everything. I, I'm a martial artist. So, mm-hmm. Tai Chi, um, Hep keto, taekwondo, all of that stuff is in my background. Yeah, I'd love but a keto. I used to I'd love practice, to get into that. I used to practice uh, vinyasa yoga, and I did it yep. for a number of years. Mm-hmm. And then I stopped when my son was born. I stopped practicing, and I also felt like I didn't need it anymore. 
Mm. And then lately, things have really changed. And part of it has been this, this experience that I've had specifically with Facebook, because that was where I spent, from a social media perspective, I spent time on Twitter and on Facebook. And right. for the last couple of years, I kept trying to bring myself away from Facebook and just not be there on as much and all that, because it's just as toxic. It's yeah. absolutely toxic, toxic. to me. That's a very good word. Now, that is a beautiful yeah. word for this. It is toxic. Yeah. And I, and I knew it was not helping my sense of well-being and my sense of calm and my sense of what's right with the world because not everything is freaking wrong and so no. it was how can I find what's right and start focusing on what's right now I don't watch tv I haven't had the tv on we have a phone in our kitchen I haven't had that on in like three years or something I just I don't mm-hmm. watch tv and you you mentioned that you got rid of some shows I watched it and then I didn't watch it because I was disgusted by it I'll give it another try and it was game of thrones mm. and so oh, wow. I watched yeah. it I watched the whole thing up until this, I guess, last season or last Tuesday. I don't even know where they are now. But the, yeah. what I found was that it was desensitizing me to violence. Let and me, it I, was I, just this is, disgusting. Yeah, I was watching Walking Dead. And that's the show oh, I yeah. got to. I got to season six, the end of season six. And um, I, I was not okay. I was not okay. Um I, I watched Keegan come in, and that's all I'm going to say. If you've watched the show, you know Keegan. Keegan made his entrance. That thing played out, and I was, I was hysterical. I was rocking. I was breathing in a paper bag. I was not okay. And I, I had been through therapy. I knew the signs. I was 100% in a full-fledged panic attack. I Googled who he had killed. And I had the answer, and it didn't matter. It, it, there was no making me cry worse, making me cry less. It did not matter. I talked to my therapist the very next day, and her reaction was a wake-up call. She slaps her knee and goes, what is up with that show? I don't watch it, but my phone has been ringing off the hook all mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a clue. Yeah. I, don't <laughs> um, watch, I, I don't watch it either. I couldn't, I couldn't get into the No, the it, is, it is. It, it is. That that particular episode was, oh my goodness! I I spoke to a psychologist on it, and she she watches the show because she loves breaking apart psychology and how psychology is used in movies. She watches right. Walking Dead, and she took she pulled that thing apart. The whole episode, they used audio triggers, which we are not to. We are desensitized to visual triggers. It was the audio trigger, and what they did was they took the music and they matched our heartbeat in the very beginning of that uh-huh. episode. So as you watch that episode of Walking Dead, your heart beat will increase to match the music, which they purposely increase, giving you an mm-hmm. adrenaline rush to match the events happening in the show. They found a whole nother way to just mess with you. And but see, I wonder, I yeah. wonder if that's what happened with Game of Thrones, because there's an episode in Game of Thrones and it was called, it had a, everybody had a nickname for it. It was, the, the red something or whatever, but it was it, the red really wedding. Was it the yeah. red wedding? Yeah, red I don't wedding. watch the show and I know this. <laughs> but it, right, and it was a similar thing. I mean, yeah. there, the amount of anxiety I had, I had to go Google everything and find out to prepare myself before I watched oh, yeah. it. Yeah, because I thought I want I want to know, but I I need to know everything ahead of time, or this is really gonna be bad for me. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, when you get to that point, watching something that is, that should be. You know, and that, that, look, a clue. I'll tell you, there, there was, there was something that I walked away 
And season seven started up and I was prior, I was, I bought the DVDs, I bought the Amazon subscription and the DVDs. And I sat there and I was there watching it as soon as it was released. Season seven rolled around and I did not buy it. I purchased one episode, the season one, or I'm sorry, season seven, episode one, to see if they would, I gave them another chance. And they, I, I, I was done. I turned that episode off. It was just a repeat and a continuation of where they left off. They, they were just as disgusting, just as violent, just as right. horrifying as the last episode. And I turned it off and I said, I'm done. And my husband said, oh, I was done with the show way back when, um, the, the, when they were at Terminus. And I just stopped for a minute. And I remember, why did it take me Keegan? To, to get done with that show. Well, why did it take me what they did in that episode before I finally said I've had enough? What is mm-hmm. wrong with me? Because what they did at Terminus should have been a line. Yeah, that should have been a line. And I started thinking back through the show, and I, I could name you five instances where today I would say, that's a line. That's a line. Mm-hmm. But I kept watching. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. took Keegan for me to draw the line and say, I've, I'm done. There, that's enough. And See, one and I was things, approaching it. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. One of the things Go my on. therapist said, it was beautiful the way she worded it. She goes, why do you trust them? I said, I don't, I don't <laughs> trust them. She goes, yeah, every time you turn on the television, you trust that the producers right. of that show are going to put your mental welfare above their wanting to make money. Right. Ah. Uh, right. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. okay. yeah. You know what's interesting <laughs> is that that mm-hmm. Game of Thrones thing for me, since I watched several of the seasons, I I knew that I was becoming desensitized to violence. I knew that was happening. Yeah. And I was blogging about that. Yeah, <laughs> and, I was too. And I was, I was, too. I was doing blog. it like, I was, I was looking at like a psych- psychological experiment for myself, you know? And it, then I finally just walked away. Sons of the Anarchy, similar deal. It, yeah, just, watch there was this either. level of stuff that I went, mm, nope, done. I, I'm done. Yeah. And so I just, I'm really particular about what I do watch and I need to car- mm-hmm. be able to car- compartmentalize. Like I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I always liked it, but there was, mm-hmm. that's not real. <laughs> yeah. No realness I there. went back. Vampires. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I went back to, um, to, and when I was done with everything, I'm like, Let, let's try this. Um, last year, I went. I rewound the clock to 1963 and started watching Doctor Who from episode oh, yeah. one, season one. And I watched all 53 years. Now, I love classic television. And I, do, I cannot express this enough. Charlie Chaplin is old for me. I can go back to the, the original Nickelodeons, um, the, the movie Hugo. There was so much in that mm-hmm. movie where I knew about. I, I, I saw the moon. Um, th- that particular uh, silent film, and I knew exactly what they were talking about. Um, 1920 television, 1910 television, and uh, classic movies is just, I, I'm, I'm a pa- I have a passion for it. So going back to 1963 was not hard for me. It's, it's, to me, 1960s was very early, or I'm um, very, very late and modern. So I went back with Doctor Who, and I watched, it took me a year to watch all 53 seasons all the doctors, every modification, every change they made, every revamp that they had to do because they swiped these videos. And by the time I got to the modern Doctor Who, 
uh, it was it was different. It was really. I remember when uh, when they went from Doctor Two to Doctor Three, he regenerated and uh, Patrick Troutman left. He was in color, or I'm sorry, he was black and white. John Patwee came on, and it was in color, and I had a problem with it being in color. There was a series like this is this isn't okay. Why is it in color? What's it's just wrong to see Doctor Who in color. And then I adapted, and there was another two years of of, um, of seasons that I watched where I got used to the color. Um, but I'll tell you that desensitized that sensitized me going back and watching that much television from the sixties and seventies. And then I remember this one season we got to the sixth Doctor, and they decided to start experimenting with violence in television. It had never been done before, and it was. It was a uh, the sixth doctor lands on a planet where they torture people for entertainment. Now, mind you, it's like 1971 that this aired, 1972, so it was mild in comparison. Mm-hmm. But I had been watching since 1963, so it by the time I got to the sixth doctor, I could see what they were seeing when they first saw it. It was it was just amazing. It, it was just. Yeah, we really are desensitized to it. And and here's the mm-hmm. thing. You're not supposed to be. You're not supposed to like it. it mm-hmm. It's not bragging rights. It's not something that you're supposed to aspire to, which is something that mm-hmm. uh, one of my um, uh, one lady I know, she actually reprimanded me for not desensitizing my children. So <laughs> just just yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's really it's really something to think about considering the research that's out there now that talks about from an ancestral perspective, looking at the way that we've developed over time, we're compassionate beings. We're not Mm -hmm. meant to be discompassionate, if that's even a Mm -hmm. word. That's not Mm -hmm. what we're supposed to be. And so when we start to see these things and get desensitized, that really is awful. I mean, it's just beyond awful. Here's the irony. Here's the irony. There's an episode of The Walking Dead where here's not here's the name of the episode. It's when Morgan Jones is found by a, a forensic psychologist, and he says that very thing. We are not supposed to kill. Veterans come back from war with PTSD because you're not supposed to. And, and it's it's really <laughs> it's it's funny that I walked away. That episode. If you ever watch Walking Dead, that is one episode. I, I, I had so much to say about that episode. And it's funny because it, it was ironic because it actually spoke against what the entire show was about, about living a calm life, about it's actually, um, you're going to love this, Corey. The whole episode revolves around a keto and how it influence us, influences us, what a keto is and how it can be implemented in your life and what it means to have that. And it's, it absolutely goes against what the show really is about, but it's, it was one of the most amazing episodes. No, I'll never watch. Oh never yeah. Watch yeah. That. No, no. What I recommend you do, I wrote a whole article on it on my blog that analyzes that particular episode. Just, just read that. Just read that. Don't want to take it. So, <laughs> Beautiful episode. Okay, so we're talking about living this indie author lifestyle. And I wanted to talk about the, the well-being and the sense of well-being and, and the social media stuff and all that, because I think it's really important. One of the things that, I learned in my walking and stepping away from walking back, stepping away from, especially Facebook, you know, I was getting into, you know, last year and all that into the Facebook advertising 
And I thought, mm-hmm. you know, I've got my author page and I have the Back Porch Writer page and Kay Miller writes and my personal page. I got all this stuff going on on Facebook and I have to be there and it's, it's where I have to connect. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I learned, and this was a really mm-hmm. valuable lesson for me, is I can mm-hmm. sell and not be on Facebook. Yes. My, yep. books, my books will still sell. I will yeah. still get people's attention if I'm not on Facebook. It didn't do anything yeah. to move my needle in a positive way that's at all. Right. Yeah, came, that's right. Yeah, that's exactly it. When it came it. to the bottom line. You know, yeah. and that's all that matters to me. It came down to the bottom line of sales and stuff. I'm going, why am I over here if it's not really doing anything for me? Yeah. Other than making me unhappy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, it's either, either, and whether or not it's, there is a right way or wrong way to use Facebook and social media for advertising and book promotion, I don't know. Personally, I don't think there is. A lot of other people would disagree with me. I don't know. That being said, Whatever I am doing right now on social media isn't working. So until I figure out what the right way is, I am going to step away from social media. And I have actually started focusing on my newsletter. Now, my newsletter takes six hours a month. It's literally six hours a month of my life. I I can afford that. And I build up my newsletter. I send it out. And it does the rest. There's very little attention that I need to do to to take care of it. There's, there's really very minor amount of work that needs to go into my newsletter and I'm seeing the results from it. So I'm going, okay, so this is something that's working and I'm going to stick to this, but Mm -hmm. yeah, it is interesting. And then of course the ultimate thing that works, the ultimate thing that works is just right. Nothing Mm -hmm. sells your other books more than releasing a new book. So speaking of which, (laughs) yeah, did I you have, have another one? book. I do. I just put one on pre-order. <laughs> That's what we were supposed to talk about today, if you want. <laughs> oh, no. We get oh, to everything. When we get around to show, it. We talk when about we lots of different stuff. Yeah. All right. So you do. I, I knew you had a book coming out. Yeah. I did see that. Yeah. So what is the, actually, tell everybody the name of the book. Okay. Here's the name of the book. And it's a thing. Okay. This title, <clears throat> there's a whole presentation. Zombies <laughs> from space. <laughs> And vampires. vampires. That's the title. <laughs> when I saw the title, I was like, what? <laughs> you know, when I oh, no, talked to Jay and Lori, so I just is, had a conversation. I do. With no, I know. Jay and I are very close. He sent me all of his books, and <laughs> I'm sending him all of mine. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. No, and I'm in his one of his books, and he's in this one. He's in Zombies from Space. <laughs> So no, we we are we are we got the zombie thing down, and it's yeah, yeah. I did. Well, I is, love the title. The title is bad. I know it's bad. I don't need to get emails no, from fans like, and readers. It's like cult classic bad though. It is. You it know? is. It's that I'm, I'm kind not of gonna, title. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Bruce Campbell did a lot to inspire this. Well, <laughs> a lot to I, inspire it. And you know, one of the things that you you do really well that I've noticed is when you do your covers and everything. There's there's a, a method and there's planning. There's a lot of thought behind your covers and mm-hmm. it, it, and the cohesion, everything goes together, you know? Mm-hmm. And I do mm-hmm. like that. That's one of the things that you do really well. Thank um, you. Besides the whole putting together the brain to book thing. Yeah. You know, that's crazy. I, that's just, wow. You must, yeah. oh no, I wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. There are days I don't want to do it. <laughs> but, no, there are days where I'm just like, why am I, why did I do this? So, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's, this year it's going very well. 
Very, very well. There's a lot of new, we, we upgraded our tech this year. We have websites this year. We have um, a lot of new things. We're on proper servers. We are having so much growing pains this year. We have a lot of new nuances happening with the tech and we're learning a lot and it's almost like year one all over again. Yeah. It feels a lot like year one all over again. (laughs) So, yeah. How many people do you have um, author wise involved? Um, I think, think, Oh, author wise, like the whole setup, we have about 400 authors right now. And that's, that's, that's volunteers, authors, um, writers, uh, people who've submitted for orders and, um, the reach is astounding. Um, we just got done working with Insta freebie. Um, they contacted us to work out a deal and that will be going through soon. We have, um, pro writing aid. Uh, they, uh, provided some support this year and 20 books by 50 K. They also loaned their support to us and many others, many others. It's just, um, Kay Contas, author, uh, we have several publisher, uh, publishing houses, small publishers, who lent to made Crimson Edges in there, um, Go Indie, of course, and Back Porch Writer. So we have a lot of different groups that we're, we're starting to get a little attention, which is fantastic. Um, oh, yeah, and uh, we have another large group that Charlene Jones has been working on to bring in memoirs. So it's all very, very exciting. It's wonderful to see how things are going. hmm the development really has been fabulous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In my limited spare time, I have looked at the website, yeah. the, the Brain to Books website, and it's really cool in the process mm-hmm. and you have to go through to try and make that happen. And which I guess I should back up. In prior years, people didn't, there weren't like these different events that people could, I'll pay five bucks and be in this event or five bucks and be in this event or any of that. And that is one of the things that's different this year is that mm-hmm. the authors can participate in the events and then you know and five bucks is you know that's nothing ten bucks or whatever it's none of it's too terribly expensive for the authors to participate which is cool because mm-hmm. you're paying attention to that i'm sure that was intentional mm-hmm. but what may, what happens because that would be the question for some people what happens with that money um that goes towards uh the well the graphics is a good chunk of it um we had we purchased uh graphics for all the different genres this year and the servers um we spend at least ninety dollars a month on servers now and we also have um uh we have a book cover an entire book cover packet that we are building for the anthology um that's another massive expense that we are looking at and we also have a few plugins. Um, and website tools that we're bringing in. One of our plugins is about $300 uh, mm. to bring that in to help the website run smoothly. So um, next year, we are hoping to, um, for instance, the graphics, most of them will be recycled. Uh, we're going to alter some things on them to accommodate annually, but that'll save us the money that we collect next year. So we can actually right. put that into advertising for the site. That is what I really want to see done is advertising, proper professional advertising. Right now mm-hmm. it's word of mouth and the graphics mm-hmm. that we have available to us. Um, right. So that's something. Yeah. That's definitely something went- we're looking to I wanted to get that out there so people would realize it wasn't just going into Angela B. Chrysler's pocket. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, right now I'm in the red. Right now it's cost me money to run this. It's, 
you yeah. know, and it's honestly charging people has really done a lot to help with that impact. Um, definitely done a lot to help, but yeah, the, there was, the, the, it was, there was just so much um, just to get it up and running with the websites, um, server costs, hosting costs, and mm-hmm. just, yeah, there's, there's a lot to do. There's a lot of cost in it. And having that chunk come in to help out was a lot less that I had to personally pay for. Right. Yeah. Cause it's been a labor of love for a long time. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. And we have a couple, a couple of our uh, events are like, like cover wars. Um, that's $10 for the event, but 50% of what comes in for that particular event goes into a pool and the winner of cover wars will be getting that pool. Um, so, and we do, we do have starving artist pool drawing happening. Um, and again, that's $10, $5, 50% of every purchase made, $5 is set aside. And again, there will be a name randomly drawn at the end on the 9th of, of, uh, 9th of April, and they will win whatever was, was saved up, whatever was put into the pool for that. Um, so we have a lot of little things like that happening. Also, we, we are doing the save the date um, $100 Amazon gift card that will be randomly awarded to one um, one subscriber, somebody who save the date. If you save the date, your name will be put into a drawing. And that drawing is for the $100 Amazon gift card. So mm-hmm. we, we have a lot. There's, there's little things happening where I'm trying to find ways to give the money back um, to an author who needs it and try and get, uh, trying to see how that goes. And it, a lot of it is trial and error work. You know, it looks like some of them aren't working out. Some of them are, and it's just a matter of seeing and trial and error. There's a lot of trial and error to right. see what works and what doesn't. Right. It seemed like there were a few things that were different last year mm-hmm. versus, versus this year. Yeah. Um, like I think we did things with related to, to blogs last year, but this year it seemed different. Like a, they were going to the author's website instead of hopping around to. That is that is staying. Nope, that is the same. Um, there is a blog hop okay. and there are genre tours. They are the same. You will be hopping around okay. to author websites. The difference is we now have a starting central grand central station so to speak located ah. at b2bsycon.com so okay. now for instance uh, this this is great um today Corey, i took all your b2b Psycon interviews and i loaded oh. them up at b2bsycon.com at cool. the uh back porch writer page so now oh, yeah. and, and they're right there as as they are broadcast they are uploaded so people can go in browse your interviews and see what's there. And those those are up now. As you create them, they get pl- they get posted, um, and they will stay there, of course, for all infinity until the zombie apocalypse hits. To infinity and beyond. Oh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Well, I'm so glad that you're able to do all that stuff because I tell you, I'm having a hard time just keeping up with things because of school. <laughs> so yeah. Like, yeah, and that was a big problem that we had last year was. A, there was no roadmap, and I think that's something we've eliminated this year because we have the websites. We have this massive roadmap now, um, making it a lot easier for people to browse what's available through events and through genres. So that's mm-hmm. one of the massive massive advantages we're seeing. Um, you know, and there, there are ups and downs. Um, honestly, and this is going out to everybody who is involved in PsyCon this year. We, we uh, are trying to work out what's going on with our forms 
And it's just a massive hiccup trying to figure out how to organize the information of 400 orders. Mm. How do you get all the information and organized, sorted, and placed where it's supposed to go? So we had one idea, and immediately we, we scratched it because it, of the security issue with it. So we're like, well, let's try this. We went with a different program, and it worked out until information started coming in, and then we saw, we saw that some of the links were getting out to people who weren't paying, so we tried to increase our security measures, and what ended up doing was it complicated it for those who had paid. So we're still, mm. we're still working out some glitches, and we're still – everyone's been – everyone has just been wonderfully patient, and we are aware of the problem when it comes to those forms. And it's just – that's one of the things where we're looking next year, and we're going, okay, how can we improve this? Um, mm-hmm. We have book covers going everywhere. And the other problem is I don't want to ask one author for the same book cover 80 times. You're in, right. you're in cover wars. Okay, we're going to need your book cover. Okay, and in, in you're in genre tours. We're going to need your book cover. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. we don't want to see them resubmitting the information over and over again. So, right. and as, as and I, I think, I think an idea just came to me. I think, <laughs> I think, I think. <laughs> I know what to do. That's what happens when people come Uh, on Backports Rider. Problems get solved. I think, (laughs) I think I know what to do. All right. So, yes, I think I just figured out a solution to that. That will resolve a lot of our problems for next year. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, that's all I needed was a microphone and a half an hour of venting. talking about. (laughs) That's all I needed. Well, Angela, tell everybody how they can find you and your writing. I am on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I can be found at AngelaBChrysler.com. Um, and my name is spelled just like the car, AngelaBChrysler.com. And um, also you have, um, if you're listening to this, I have links available. I have my blurb, my bio about me and how awesome I am. And then the word read more, you can click that. It'll take you over to um, to my website. And I have a newsletter, The Book Cave, uh, where you can subscribe for the monthly newsletter. And that tells you about um, my books and where they're being sold and how awesome they are and how awesome I am. And <laughs> those, those links are in the – I used the, what you sent me. So the links are in yeah. the, the show they notes are, yeah. here. Yep, they're in the show notes. So it's Angela, be like boy, Chrysler like. Awesomeness. Well, thank you, Angela, so much for being with me on Backward Dryer. I actually extended our time a little bit because you know, <laughs> we had things to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of stuff. I should, you know. I, that means I need to come on more than once a year. So. <laughs> well, you know, you can. There, that's yeah. always fine. There's always things to talk about. Yeah, you know, there is. I need to be a regular. I'll figure something Always out. things to talk about. We just have to have, you know, I used to do that with some different um, mm-hmm. people in the industry. They came on once yeah. a week and we had yeah. a topic and that's what we ran with. So I'm that's, totally that's open what with I'm that idea. Do. Oh, absolutely. Because I have a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> we might want to, we might want to do a whole wellness thing that we do periodically. I do. And we can no, bring Charlene I in. I, Yes, we do. We need to do like Charlene, you know, Corey, and see, Angela. I've had her on here a few times. Yes. We need to talk about wheat. <laughs> I I am biting my tongue. No, I am biting my tongue on that topic. Wheat. 
I discovered like I, I, I want to say bread, like wheat, like bread, but it's not bread. It's not bread. Like, like anyone's ever known. It, it's, I discovered stone ground bread, but it's not, uh-huh. it's not stone ground. Like, yeah, they say stone ground bread. No, no, this is different. <laughs> I found a mill, an old stone mill, the same kind of mills that were used 2000 years ago. And I started baking with this bread. And first of all, flour jumps. It does not die. Even though it's ground up does not mean it's dead. It is very much alive. And there's a lot of personality in wheat flour. You, you shake it out of the, um, and you have to shake it because it sticks. It's beautiful. And whenever it hits anything, the wheat jumps. It, it literally pops. And then if you just tap the bowl that it lands in, it, it bounces like a jumping bing. Like it's going, Ay! it's great. It's just beautiful stuff. And you, after working with it for a couple of weeks, I went back to white flour and it is dead, lifeless clay. And I will <laughs> never go back. So, and then I can't, the, the health benefits, I like, I am on this massive wheat kick. Like, it's just mm-hmm. amazing, powerful stuff. You can live on bread alone. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You can. I, well, I haven't baked bread in a long time, but I do, I like bread baking and I like doing a lot of the old hearth breads. Yep. And yeah. since I, St. Patrick's Day is coming up mm-hmm, and we decided mm-hmm. to invite some people over, and I thought, mm-hmm. you know, I haven't done that in a while. I think I'll, yeah. I might do some very traditional things and maybe I'll make some bread and yeah. you know, all that. So, and it, yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. Yep. And I have, I have a, bad. yeah, it really is bad for you. And you just don't know how, first time I bit into it when I was, when I was done baking with it, my first thought was, so this is what bread is supposed to taste like. Exactly. It really is different in ways. It, it's like I stepped away from life and went, I have been looking for you my whole life. It's this, phenomenal. This is what we are meant to be eating. And yeah. it's just, it's life changing. It's just amazing. So yes, Arlene, you and I, and we will talk about bread and wellness. Different topics and things. Oh, and speaking of, I am going to start doing some more episodes for my womanly art of self-defense and revamped it a little bit in terms of ooh, the ooh, breadth ooh. of topics. So what we're yes. talking about right now actually would work really well on that yes. on that program. So you know, oh, we'll, yes, we'll have to chat about it. We'll talk about it more later. But everybody yes. needs to go check you out over on your website, Angel D. Chrysler. And of course, your books mm-hmm. are everywhere. Awesome. We're, you know, great books. <laughs> awesome. Sold, awesome. You know, Amazon. <laughs> everywhere yeah. um, yep. and you need to get uh, the zombies from zombies and vampires. from space and vampires yes <laughs> it's on pre it's available to pre-order people yep. <laughs> check it out yeah we really so. i released it on april 7th 2017 and the day one of our psycon so we have a lot of little treasures uh, being released on April 7th, including the Brain to Books Anthology. Okay. All right. Yep. Very much fun. Lots of cool stuff happening. Thanks, Angela, for being with me. Thank you. And I will talk to you soon. All right. Have a great night. You too. Oh, another great conversation with an, a fellow author. Angela's awesome. You need to go check out her stuff. Um, and like I said, she and Charlene and I, I haven't told Charlene this because obviously it just came up during this show, but we all, the three of us might have to do some chatting for the Womanly Art of Self-Defense podcast because I am going to start doing new episodes for that. And the focus, you know, I've always thought that Womanly Art of Self-Defense, it's not just about the physical side 
of self-defense. To me, self-defense is about knowing who you are, what your strengths are, and using them every single day. And that is the best self-defense that you could ever have, is knowing exactly who you are, what makes you you, what makes you so awesome. So that's really the focus of the Womanly Art Self-Defense. And so I'll be thinking about the episodes that I'm going to put out. Those are all pre-recorded. So I've got time to sit down and, and come up with the ideas. And you might be hearing from Angela and Charlene over there for that particular show. But anyway, I want to thank you for joining me here on Back Porch Writer. This is the first time ever I've extended the show <laughs> when I was talking to a guest. But we had a lot of great things that we needed to talk about because being mindful and, and knowing that when you let garbage come into your, your mind on a regular basis, it's going to negatively affect you is an important thing to know, whether you're an author or anyone else. You need to realize that. I call it garbage in, garbage out. That's the way I look at it. That's the way that I say it to my kids. Garbage in, garbage out. Be careful what you allow in. Be careful about the people that are around you and what they are saying around you, to you, all of that, because that's going to negatively affect you and your sense of well-being. And I don't want that. I want you to be as happy as you want to be. So thanks for joining me here on Back Porch Writer, the show for writers about writers and writing. Until next time, pull up your chair and write. Thanks for listening to Back Porch Writer. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe via iTunes so people just like you can find the show. If you've got comments, questions, or want to be a guest, visit BackPorchWriter.com for details. I'm your host, Corey Miller. Until next time, pull the chair, sit a spell, and write.